Well, the weather for the whole of the south of England will continue as it has for the next few weeks. It's going to be hot and moist, with temperatures rising steadily as time goes on. There's a chance of steamy moments as we move into the... Ah, sod it. We never wanted to do this. We never wanted to be weathermen and women, making innuendos about hot atmospheres and drizzly countries. We didn't want to be child-friendly. We didn't want to bang on about being for over-18s only. We want to talk about our sexy adventures. We want to be lifestylers, leaping from bush to bush as we sail down the rivers of British sex clubs and mountains of crazy experiences. The cheeky purple mamba, the liquid silk pumped liberally into our hand, the rodeo classic brief harness complete with Tantus curve, the enjoy pure one stainless steel dildo, the hot octopus digit, the ever so short messages on fab swingers, the sexy friends on Twitter, and the mighty vanilla alternative. With my best girlie by my side, we'd swing, swing, swing. Get in the gym or to your car. Without advice, you could go far. We fuck things up and we make mistakes. We talk about our sexy dates. It's getting hard for this to rhyme. Just as well, cause it's bed. Hello and welcome to the Bed Hoppers podcast. My name's Mr. H. I'm Mrs. H. Thank you for joining us today. This is part one of an incredibly special podcast. Well, we assume it's going to be a two-parter. We don't know how long this is going to last. This could be 22 parts, a series where you also buy a magazine and put it into a folder. We also assume it's going to be special. Do you know what I was just thinking the same? Is this going to be special? <laughs> it's very special. Do we get special. a free gift with it? Mostly because of the people that are with us today. Or, you know, we've invaded the house. So I've already got a free mosquito bite with mine. Well, thank you. We are with them. It is the delightful Kate and Daryl from the Wanderlust Swingers. Hello, folks. Thank you for joining us. G'day. Thanks oh, for having us. Oh, wow. I mean, no problem at all. Fantastic. Parking voice there. I love it. Did I go a bit podcast voice? No, you did. You I were podcastery. And then there's Although, Penny walking around the background for sure will be laid down on this track as tippy tappy, tippy tappy. So there's that. That's good. It means that it's real. Penny, the podcast, yeah, ma- we pos- are, podcast mascot. We're absolutely real. We are not a figment of your imagination. Yeah. And we're lying around your house drinking your wine and eating your cheese. Yes. I mean, we've eaten some of the cheese. There's still a lot to go. Well, Thankfully, we have the cheese hoover with us. (laughs) (laughs) You've changed me to cheese hoover now for meat hoover. Well, it depends on what's in front of you. I'm sure at some point you're probably a cookie hoover as well. (laughs) Chris hoover, definitely. Definitely I'm working on the wine hoover at the moment. You're definitely wine hoover. Mm -hmm. Before we go down a path from which we cannot return, the reason that we thought we'd get together is one, because it was convenient because we were all in the same house. (laughs) But the other thing was, is that we've had a bunch of questions recently that we thought we'd tackle and answer together using our collective experiences uh, and thoughts and... And your three collective minds and whatever I bring to the table. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) All all, all of that. Now, Kate will be playing the role of question master. Yay! Do I get to be dungeon master? That mosquito's back again. All my days. Anyway, am I dungeon master? It's like the yes. one mosquito in the Netherlands. It's drawn to me. It's because of my Brit blood. It's after yeah. me. Really? Yes. It's because your legs are so tanned that it's the only thing that's glowing in the dark. Really? Yeah, definitely <laughs> that. They're not that tanned. Hey, do you want to hit, hit yeah, us up with the first question? So here we go. Question one. Do you warn or not to warn? My husband and I both swing. I also date other women. One of our favourite swinger couples recently collected, connected online with another couple. I must say the female half of this other couple 
is objectively a hot mess and a stage five clinger. Essentially, the question is surrounding to warn or not to warn. So do you tell your lifestyle partners, your friends that something with another couple or another single might be a muck, whether that might be where they approach things, emotional behaviors, it could be STIs, all the rest of it. So do you warn them or do you not warn them? Uh, I mean, I think we need to separate that out because if it's STIs, then that's a fucking yes. Okay. Yeah, there's a whole gamut of things there that you yeah, might be warning Especially if they're about. not announcing the STIs. I mean, that's a yes. Mm. So medically yeah. speaking, we'll just maybe we'll take that one yeah, off the table. Yeah, maybe let's take that because that, that seems to be like yeah. the addition of that's a, a no brainer. Yeah. pretty significant. Okay. Well, let's talk about behaviours. I mean, it could be somebody who is, um, you know, maybe a little bit jealous in nature. It could be someone who this person's saying is like a stage five clinger. Could be somebody who's cock-blocking you from meeting other couples. What are your thoughts? A stage five clinger yeah, sounds that like something that happens after you go to the bathroom. I was about to say the same thing. That sounds like... A tag net. Yeah. It's just, it won't fall I've off. I've got a stage five tag net. <laughs> but then... Do you somebody not, hit it with a hammer. If you know they're going to be like that, do you not have a due diligence to kind of give people a heads up? About the tag nets? Yeah. <laughs> We've got a stage five tag net coming in. You to go in. I'm giving you fair yeah. warning. <laughs> You're going to be wiping your ass for days with this person. I, I see. I think you've got to. You've got to. You've got to say. I think we all have to. There is an assumption that we often say that people are. You know, anyone can be part of this, and that we can all play together. And it's all wonderful. But actually, I think there are. When you experience someone that gives you a bad experience, then you talk to your friends about it. You kind of. But you know, they may find that person attractive, whereas you may not. But I feel like I'm, I have a moral obligation to sort of say, well. Just be mindful, this is what that person's like. That's because you are morally and ethically strong, and I am not. <laughs> you just think it's too much drama and you just don't want to be involved in it. Oh, there's a lot to be said for trying to maybe not surround yourself with drama, yes. Also, I think if you're genuinely looking out for someone and you, you feel like you can add some value and save them some some trauma coming up and I think yes you're probably morally obliged to say that like for example say you play with a person and that person sneaks in some level of bareback right right that's not okay reprehensible right yes but you do you have a due diligence to tell other couples that might be meeting that person that that's what that chap might do well have you done that in the past and told someone about someone that you know who's done that well not that specific reference that was just Mm. an example but I think we have spoken to other yeah. couples and said, okay, just to give you the heads up. This is our it, experience. I think there is a caveat that it's like nice people, but this was our experience, just so you're aware. It may not be your experience, but this is what happened to us. Yeah. Right. For me, it has to be things that are outside of the realm of, in inverted commas, normal. So, because there's a whole lot of things that we we choose to like or dislike. Yeah. Right? So, the... The idea that somebody is not our cup of tea or my cup of tea because of the way they look or the way they smell or the way their hair falls from the, you know one side of their head or the way they groom their pubic area or whatever it is, if, if it's just something that I don't like, I think, no, it's not something that you should pass on, mm-hmm. right? If it's not, unless, of course, you know the person who's now becoming interested is ex- in the exact same boat as you, yeah. but I think no. I think if it's something that can potentially cause harm, any form of harm, Mm. emotional, physical, mental, anguish or harm, then yes. Uh, Especially, again, you know, if you're talking about the stage five Klingon, which is on the starboard (laughs) bow. uh, Kapla. If you've got got that and you've got 
and the person that is interested in them is somebody who doesn't have the ability to say no, you know, in your experience, then yeah, I think you have the moral obligation to do it. But it means means kind of knowing a little bit about both couples. I would never offer that as a proposal to somebody who I don't know what their interests are or playing style. Because as an example, as we were talking about last night, perhaps the the lady's into being choked and you're not. You know, you, you're not into offering that to her and it freaks you the fuck out. And then you talk to somebody else and you warn them away because of this thing that you don't mm-hmm. like, but in fact they're really into it. Mm. You know, like you, I think you just have you have to weigh up whether it's morally, ethically mm. balanced that 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 they don't. Yeah, so yeah, that, that's my my. They two need cents. to make an informed choice, don't yes, they? And course. they can only do that with facts and not necessarily your emotional um, output from the situation. Exactly. So I, I would actually take a step back before this, and I would ask what my relationship was with the couple that I'm telling. Mm-hmm. Because, for example, if, if I have a very close relationship, like if it was somebody else and I, was, and I knew that you were about to go on a date with this person, I might say something to the bedhoppers because my friends, I know a lot about you, I'm invested in your health and well-being, right? And, again, I think it, the levels of what this situation is, like if it's just a stage five clinger <laughs> or if it's somebody who, yeah, might try to do something a little bit more malicious, I think those are probably categories you need to take into account. But if it's just a matter of, like, salacious like just gossip Mm. i wouldn't go out of my way to send a message to 50 individuals on a dating site and say hey this new couple in town did xyz um i think that the intention with that is probably to harm that couple um again depending on what it is that they've done but if i had a relationship with people and i knew that they were going to connect or see them at a club or something like that i might just in passing say hey you know here's here's the situation um, I think the other caveat to this is where did you get the information from? Is it third hand? So, for example, if I'd have told you both, hey, that couple is doing X, Y, Z, but you hadn't personally experienced that, should you then go and warn five of your friends that that couple's doing X, Y, Z when you've just heard it third hand? So I, I think that it's a difficult line to manoeuvre with, and I think there's you know, my relationship with you, what the information is, whether it's you're trying to cause harm or maybe push that other couple out of social circles because, you know, you don't like what they're doing. Um, but if it is a matter of like, yeah, people are, you know, there's an intent to harm or uh, people are causing issues within social circles, then, yeah, I do think you've got an obligation. to tell. I think and there is a way to put that information across that doesn't necessarily have to be damaging. It can be just a heads up and information that people can do with mm. what they want. And to a certain extent, if someone come in, comes and gives you that advice, depending on who that person is, you may choose to absolutely ignore it, or you may take what they said as, they've said as gospel. Yeah. It's, it, I think you have to go in with a level of emotional intelligence around how you handle it, but also how you receive that information and what you do with it. Yeah, and I think probably talking to your friends, like we'll take the stage five clinger um, scenario as an example, but talking to your friends about how that might impact how other people perceive your friends. So even though, you know, person stage five clinger is clinging on to say a couple that you're friends with and you play with maybe they're going to a club or something like that you know and then you might go and warn other people hey you know if you try to approach that couple they do have a stage five clinger attached to them that's really probably going to be a bit jealous of your conversation there's that element but i think you also need to tell your friends like just so you know this person that is constantly next to you grabbing onto you hooking into you uh feeling jealous feeling whatever they're impacting your ability to meet other couples too because nobody wants to come up and deal with that. So I think you've got to tell your friends too about 
problems surrounding them. Any other thoughts? No? Okay. Next one, struggles with separate play. My husband and I have opened up for some separate play in the last six months due to work and travel and life, etc. I mean, I think we've probably all been down there. First of all, I don't have any problems with him having sex with other couples and women. As long as I'm informed, I need to know who and when, that's it. But anytime there is even the slightest deviation from the plan, my mind immediately starts thinking about worst case scenarios, etc. Um, obviously, he has never given me any reason not to trust him. It's just my mind that immediately turns to a catastrophic <laughs> mode when his dates don't follow the XYZ procedure in place. I definitely feel like this is a problem that I need to work on, but where do I start? So this person's talking about they've got struggles with separate play. And I think separate play in general is a really good topic to talk about in terms of when you start pushing your boundaries, when do you stop, reset, or carry on, depending on how your partner or other people around you are feeling? So. Well, there's a ton of things in there which I've picked up on anyway. So the fact that this individual has said, this is a problem that I need to work on, not them, makes me feel like that's not two-way communication already. It's not a problem for one person to deal with. It's, it's for you both to explore and make sure you're comfortable with. That's, that's the one thing I would immediately pick up that. And I also wonder what a catastrophic event looks like to that person. Like, what is that worst-case scenario that they're talking about? My mind goes to the worst-case scenario. Okay, what's, what is that? Is that that they're going to run away with the person, fall in love, form an emotional attachment they're not ready to deal with? Or is the worst-case scenario simply that you just don't know what's happening because you're not being kept informed? I think it was that that the person was actually referring mm. to was that normally they would get a text before play yeah. began and they didn't get a text. And so, you know, their mind immediately went to why is well, it will, person won't it? And what you don't but, see, you, yeah, you immediately I, escalate in your mind to something awful. But I think there's so many um, elements to this playing separately and then mm. what makes you feel there's things that, I mean, j just because this happened, there's obviously things that are triggering this person. There's mm. emotional ties to that. So I think. It's not necessarily about the fact that the person didn't text and mm. was maybe 10 minutes late with their text. I think there's a deeper mm. Definitely. What do you reckon, Mr. H? We've spoken to people before where they've, they, they play separately and one of them doesn't follow the, the, the process, yeah. doesn't send the pictures that they require or doesn't give the right information or doesn't give the phone call in the middle or the video call in the middle. And, and that ruins the experience for the other or can ruin the experience. Well, yeah, because if, they're not a... a Sticking to what they said they what would they, do. What they've agreed. And I think there's, 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 the trick is, I suppose, if you're the person that's going out and doing your own thing, you're, you're having the adventure, you're having the good time, and you're trying to give your concentration to that person or those people. And I imagine it's quite easy to get swept up in the moment. But the realisation yeah. is, is actually you've got someone that's sat at home or someone that's doing their own thing and, and waiting, needing that stuff to come through and kind of that, that, that's how they complete that task so i don't know I'm, I'm also a stickler for rules and following process so i kind of i, I struggle a little bit well, when people I, don't follow the a to b to c i think the approach. trust is broken isn't it you don't say you're going to do what you said you'd do yeah i think there is there is that i think there's there's also kind of understanding and having some level of flexibility but if if fundamentally you're struggling with some of the concepts mm. then you probably need to regroup and talk it through and figure out a way that you can get through that. I'm not quite sure how you do that because that's the, the separate play thing isn't something that we've really been looking at. 
it's not something we've looked at. It's definitely something we've spoken a lot about as a discussion more than anything, not as a, oh my God, let's go do this. It's more of a, could we do that? And what would it look like if we did? Because it's interesting to talk about. It is. But, I, but again, we've, because we've not been in a situation where it's happened. No. For example, if you were to go out and do something and then you didn't follow that process, I know I would break. Yeah. Because I would be stuck in a loop about the fact that that process wasn't followed because, yeah. you know, I feel that way if someone doesn't follow the rules on Monopoly or something. To a certain extent. <laughs> You're not following the rules. But, but it's, even just in yeah. our, our play where we have together with other couples or other people, mm. there is a sort of framework of how things will run or how it can run. And when that hasn't been followed, then we, we both have issues and we both struggle to kind of understand that. To a certain amount, there's, there's flex in it, but I know that we've kind of gone back and gone, oh, you, you kissed that person when that wasn't part of the mm. agenda and that wasn't part of the flow of what should have happened. And we've both sort of had that conversation with each other about how we felt. Mm. What do you reckon, Daryl? Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, it's a broad topic, but I, mean, I can only give my take on this, and that is if you've offered something as a if, – if you have offered your partner – the ability to experience that uh, play solo play away from you, and they have some caveat they've applied to that. Then, if you fail to do that, then you are letting them down. Right. It's that simple. It doesn't matter whether you got wrapped up in play or whether you you, you were given the opportunity to experience something that perhaps was at the edge of the tolerance level of your partner, your primary partner. And if you don't offer them exactly what they've asked for, then it's remiss on your behalf. You've not done the right thing. I think it's really cut and dry. Uh, it certainly is for me. If, if When you play solo, if I've asked you to give me something and you don't, it boils my piss <laughs> immediately. It's not something that is okay to me. I mean, uh, again, solo play is not something that we would consider a normal or regular part of our play cycle. So if I ask you, if, if you go away and do something, you, you know, that's generally a conversation to start with. And if you don't meet the expectations that I've asked for, then it's not okay. It's just not. So in this instance, it's actually the lady, the lady saying that my husband's gone off and solo played and he hasn't given her. But then so what you picked up on, Mrs. H, the last point is I need to work on this. And I think I agree with you, Daryl. I think that... I disagree with what she's saying. If she's saying that, why would she need to work on it when there's been some very clear mm. parameters around what is acceptable and okay and what would make everybody feel like they're having a great, safe, fun, healthy time? And I think if that person's not doing that, it's, it's a moot point. Now, what I do think is that are those requirements realistic? Are they reasonable? And how is it going to work into play? It, it doesn't matter because if they're agreed upon beforehand, whether they're realistic or reasonable doesn't matter. If they're agreed upon before the event, you've agreed to them. And if that is, I wish for you to send a flare up after the first 15 <laughs> thrusts, then that's the fucking requirement. And if you believe you can't meet those, you're lying to the person before you arrive in the room. That's what I meant that by is realistic. A, that is a lie through through omission when you're having that conversation with your partner. Hence, hence why I'm saying are they realistic? Simple. Because they, if, if it was a flare after the 15th stroke, then whilst they're thrust. making that agreement. 15th thrust. <laughs> Sorry. I apologise. 
then at that at that point in time, they probably should have said, mm, maybe that's not going to work. It's going to have to be the 20th. Well, no, and, and this is why I think it's a lie through admission, because if if this happens up front and, they, and, and you were to say, for example, with the 15th thrust thing, no, I can't do that. Okay, then I don't wish for you to do this. Mm. Right. This is the this is the compromise we must must reach as adults, and if we don't, then the compromise may simply be revoked yeah. by one one party or the other. And, okay. and 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 you're not giving that party that party the option to make that decision ahead of when the decision's being made for them. And, and that's let's talk not about okay. that. You talk about revoking the, I guess, agreement. No, um, not implying ownership. But let's talk about that because when does when do you say this is not for us? This is hurting us. It's hurting me, or it's as hurting whatever. It's hurting one party. But what happens if the other person's refusing to carry on? So if I'm coming to you and well, I'm playing separately, for example, and then you're saying, you know what? Every time you go out, I sit at home and I'm really stressed, and I'm creating stories in my head that may or may not be true, and it's really starting to affect me physically, emotionally. I'm, I'm. I don't know if I can carry on doing this. And then I'm like, but I want to go and do it. I mean, how do you negotiate, deal with that? Well, I mean, that? that's, that's, that's a problem, not a, isn't that's it? That's a very significant mm. problem because you're actively hurting your partner. Mm-hmm. If, you can't, if you can't step back and evaluate your, your relationship is going to suffer as a result of your refusal to do something within the realms of your yeah, relationship I mean, and you need I to really not do that. I really enjoy sticking needles through your nipples. <laughs> oh, you don't like that? Oh, no, that's too bad. I really want to do that. Yeah, stop being I so mean, childish yeah, and grow up and deal with it. Yeah, no, that's not, that's not an adult conversation, you know. Like, I like crashing cars. Would you like to be in the fucking passenger seat every time I do it? No, and I don't think you should do it either. I mean, it's... There is something in... in- Flexing your comfort level and pushing your boundaries, yeah. and, I, and I think that there is a point where you can feel uncomfortable, and you can even dip your toe into feeling upset and hurt just to see how you're going with it. But I think once you start hurting, or once one partner starts actually physically willfully hurting yeah. your partner, is by definition abuse. Yeah. Mm. Sorry, Agreed. whether it's whether it's physical, psychological, emotional. If you are willfully hurting your partner, it's abuse. But if somebody comes to you and says, I want you to stop doing this because it is hurting me. Yeah. And I mean, aren't we supposed to all be, you know, just ev- ever so slightly like more evolved in our emotional capabilities here? And so the question, I mean, again, going to the extreme, you say, I really want you to, be, you to punch me in the face every night. I really enjoy it. It gets me off. Do you think that I should be able, I should be forced to punch you in the face because it gets you off, even though morally and, and, and through social training, that is absolutely against everything I stand for. Do you think I should do that? And this then you can translate that backward to any single, even small part of your sexual journey. If somebody is totally against it, should you do it? The answer is no. And that then leads to a different discussion. Let's stop being so extreme. Let's stop being so extreme. Let's take it back to something simple. Your partner tells you, I don't want you to use sex toys or I don't want you to look at porn because it makes me feel uncomfortable. And and, and if that's something you need in your life, then that relationship is doomed. Right. This is, I mean, let's talk about children as part of this, right? Because that's a very standard thing that gets a lot of people in trouble. You're going to extremes. I'm trying trying to simplify it back to the fact of like, it's simple. Somebody wants a child now, somebody wants a child in 10 years. If you're, if you're categorically opposed in terms of what your opinions are about something, your options are to never, accept it 
just not accepted break up that's exactly. your option. Yeah. I, I think don't think so. there's anything else. If you're willing to hurt somebody to get what you want, then you don't care about them. So maybe you should think about caring about somebody else. Okay. Mr. and Mrs. H. I think there is a, a level of compromise behind any of this or between of course, any of this. Yeah. And I think, you know, we have using to... Dar using the Daryl's uh, car crashing analogy, I don't think there's any compromise in, in there. Like no, maybe being a bystander and just yeah, watching from just side lines. A just small bump. <laughs> but there is, just a clipping. But, but there Dodging is, cars. There, yeah. But I think we're talking co compromise, absolutely. But what, what we're talking to here is the potential when you get to a non a no compromise situation. And when you get yeah. to a no compromise if you can't compromise your way to agreement or if somebody keeps lying to you to get you to agree to because do something they need it so much. because yeah. they need it, then that's a no compromise situation. Mm. It does end up, unfortunately, as a now or, you know, we, we change this or we, or we don't. And, and either way ends in significant change. Yeah, people are giving you an ultimatum, basically. You either stop this behaviour or that's it, we're done. Sorry, Mr and Mrs H. No, I, I think, you know, going back to the original thing, I think you've, you've got to go back to, to sit down with each other and kind of understand yes. how vital it is that, that that person follows whatever process and how fundamental it is that, you know, if they break it, what is what is the result of it? Is it a, oh, you just feel like you were tested a bit and it, it hurt a little bit, but it's not the end of the world? Or is it something that is genuinely a deal breaker? And if they continue to deal break, then you know you've got a fundamental issue. Yeah. And but the, the thing to be really careful, I think, with solo play is it can be catastrophic the first time round because you can have a situation where you've agreed on something and it changes and it can absolutely remove some of the foundational stones from your relationship and can get to the point where it feels like that person has cheated on you because you haven't followed the guidelines of what is required to not be considered cheating. Mm. And that's what I mean by I don't, you know, when I talk about the negotiation side of it, I think you do need to step back. Understanding why this person's being triggered might be to do with their attachment style. There could be a whole host of other things that are underneath that that maybe you could revisit, put some more assurances in place, and then move forward quite easily and reasonably and everybody's happy. Oh. But I, I do agree, I think, that, when somebody says to you, this is hurting me, you are, your actions are hurting me, I mean, carrying on with those actions is probably just a jerk move. It's called abuse. I mean, please, anyone, feel free to correct no, me if I'm no, wrong, I, but if you continually and actively hurt your partner, that is the definition of abuse. I definitely see the, the non-monogamy piece as something in addition to our marriage that we, we wanted to do to enhance what we have. It's not a replacement. It's not a Band-Aid. It's a good addition that makes us both happy as long as we treat it with the respect and the credence it deserves. And the minute you put your own feelings ahead of your relationship and decide that you can't live without some element of it because it feels good, it's selfish and you're probably not giving it the respect it deserves because your relationship should be at the core of all that. And if you can't step back and reassess that and say, Actually, what's more important here? My want to go out and bang some bloke or my relationship has to come first and what my partner feels is probably more important. So I feel like be. you maybe need to go back to the reason why you decided to expand your marriage in the first place and make sure that what you're doing still fits that. 
So if it's hurting, yes, it's it's probably not a great thing. So yeah, and being very clear about the abuse thing, this is this is consistent and re- repeated and yeah, obvious, not a right? Mm-hmm. This is not a one-off. We've all made fucking stupid mistakes yeah. where we go, oh shit. I didn't Dead from Mr. H is right. perfect. Right. Of course. Thanks. Yeah, of yeah. course. How long have you recognized that yeah. at long last? <laughs> but it's uh but if it's a systematic continued and and um and non and non-adjusted, then there's nothing, no other way I could just dis- I can define it, but if it's a one off or even a few, a couple off, you know, like if you're still you're finding, finding your, your way. Yeah. I mean, how many times have we gotten even just a a, a couple play scenario wrong? Mm. Fuck tons. I mean, literally fuck tons. So <laughs> we've yeah. fucked a ton of people. <laughs> we have fucked a ton of I people. We have not fucked a ton a of literal, people. A literal a, a metric ton by measurement. If we weighed them. <laughs> Absolutely, we have fucked more than one ton of people. Yeah. No shit. I mean, I'm, I'm doing the math here. It, we have fucked more than one ton Mr. of people. Mr. any other things to add to the plain separately <laughs> debate before he's we a move two on? Ton. He's at least a two-tonner. I, 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 I think one of the I things- I didn't realise we were measuring his appendage as I'm well. I'm actually going to start yes. measuring sexual partners in tonnage from now on. <laughs> I think that's the way to go. Yeah, when somebody says, what's your number? I'm going to say three tons. And we know how that goes. It is, yeah. <laughs> um, so one of the things I, I wanted to reference back, and it's, it's, it's something that, Daryl, I've heard you talk about a number of times, is about- uh, trying food, trying it twice. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important that, you know, if you, especially if you're going on, on your initial adventures and you go into this, chances are you're going to get it wrong. Yeah. And it's going to go wrong the first time and probably the second time. Or you, you might get it better the second time, but, you know, who knows? Yep. So it's important to kind of give things a little bit of time to get into a pattern, into a groove and get it right. But if that continues to, you know, if you keep eating bad pizza, you're still... Then stop eating then stop pizza. Stop eating pizza, yeah. Then, then move away from Domino's. Yeah, exactly that. <laughs> Try Papa John's and they'll also be disappointed. <laughs> but I think there is something in that, and that it's important to remember that it's not always going to go pizza. right. Yeah, eat, eat good pizza. That's the moral of, the, of this episode. But, you know, and, and I think you go into any scenario with this thing, and, and you've not practiced this. You pro- chances are you've never encountered this stuff before in your life. So to expect that it goes right and someone follows the processes. Yeah, no, I you, agree. You have to have a level of forgiveness at a certain point, but you also have to recognize that if they keep falling into the same patterns and keep making the same mistakes, you probably need to step back and reass- reassess where you are with things. Or if they don't care. I mean, like you yeah. said, if this is their first time and you say this happened and they're like, I know, I'm so sorry, X, Y, Z. Yeah. If they're actually coming to you and saying, yeah, you're right, that was shitty, I was shitty, I didn't do this, we did agree, etc. or... I mean, that's one side. But if they came back and they're like, no, shut, you, shut your mouth. Like, it's yeah. fine. I had shut a great time. Hole. I mean, you know, Punch. obviously there's two <laughs> very different I'm back to punching Kate in the face. Um, For those of you out there who are wondering, yes, she loves it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Shall we move on? Mm. No, no. No, no. I think we've got another 45 minutes on this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This next one's from um, Marvel US Vixen, who is actually a delightful person who's coming to the London event soon. When you have been on a meet and I'm things so have I'm so glad gone, they're a delightful person because if they were shit, like you would have had to said during Hooray, this podcast, this is a shit person. We've got these time. really shit people coming to our so no, shit delightful. Um, well, I'm coming, so there's at least one shit person. <laughs> you raised the bar by like 6 or 7%. The bar was pretty low to begin with. I Thank raise you. the bar regularly. <laughs> Carolyn, help me out. Do <laughs> <laughs> you say raise or drink? Oh, yeah, that's right. Sorry. How many tons are you bringing to this conversation? <laughs> How many tons? 
Yeah. He said tons. I'm measuring homosexual partners in tons. We're measuring him. everything in tons now. Yeah. I thought you were speaking M- Mrs. H. Yes. Mrs. H. When you have been on a meet and things have gone really wrong, how have you handled a situation? Not flipped a table, question mark, or have you actually flipped a table? Is that actually in the question? It is. Flipped a table. And then there's a lot of smiley faces, and I, I feel like we're smiley faces. that is definitely a reference that I use a lot. I do flip a lot of tables. Kate also uses like the flipped table reference. I think the... Uh, the individual putting this forward might have listened to both oh, really? of you more than once. So you when you've been on a meeting, things have you been on a meeting? Things have gone horribly wrong, and how have you handled it? Do you know what I really wish is that both of you actually got really angry at our first meeting, and you both tried to flip the table at the same time, oh. and the table would have just went straight up into the air, <laughs> drinks and all, like rather than flipping, it would have been amazing. Just a vertical table. You would have liked that. Yeah, it would have been. Cool. I mean, would have had there's a really, really tiny though. table right here in the room. Do you want me to flip it right now for you? <laughs> yes, so my, my Mac is on there. <laughs> Obviously, take your Mac off. You didn't know. I'm not going to do it with a Mac on there. I mean, am it's I? always interesting, isn't it? When Apple people talk about their computers, <laughs> they say Mac, not laptop, because it's like they just have to tell people. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's a Mac. Yes. While they're drinking their little Cortado yeah. in their Starbucks. Where the fuck is my flat white, Daryl? <laughs> with their knitted... With Where's their knitted my smashed avocado on toast? I'm going to sit here and create. <laughs> so whilst Mrs. H is uh, answering the question, right. Daryl is going to pop up and maybe grab some wine. Yes, Daryl. <laughs> You've got a full glass of wine, you booze hag. Well, Mr. Mr. H is lacking in the in wine moment. department. I'm Mrs. H, yes. have you been on a meet where it's Could gone you, horribly wrong? Right. Yes. And what was the next question? How'd you handle it? Oh, right. Did you notice that it had gone wrong? Or did you just encourage the wrongness to continue? Uh-huh. Or did you, know, did you think about it afterwards and you were like, that was fucked? I mean, or shit, was she the person that made it go wrong? <laughs> this is a lot of questions. So, or did you just fart in their general direction? What? <laughs> uh, I, I felt like I needed to add something. Well, I think I need to educate people shortly about the education the of the suck fart we'll that you gave suck me. Fart we'll later we'll talk about that later because it was a fascinating voyage of discovery for That me. can be part three of this. Uh, suck farts. Yeah. <laughs> the However, well, there's about seven questions now. Jesus. Right. Okay. Yes, I've been on a meet that's gone wrong. No, I didn't actually flip a table, although metaphorically I may well have done. Sometimes you don't realise how wrong it's gone until you step back and think, fuck, that went really wrong. But in the moment, you kind of try and deal with it best you can. And sometimes you don't even deal with it at all. You just carry on like nothing's happening. Can I ask, actually, just no. a follow-on question to this? Thinking back to the times when just the meets... Just a follow-on question of these seven questions <laughs> I laid Thinking out back previously. to when the meets have gone wrong, yeah. have those meets been about you on a dating site, meeting other individuals on that dating site, or have the more, I guess, has there been more prevalent meets gone wrong if it's people coming and meeting Mrs. Or Mr. and Mrs. H from Bedhoppers, like you meeting other creators, you meeting other people off social media, like did you think that the percentage of things going wrong? Because I'm, I'm thinking back to I know that meet that you've had that went horribly wrong. Really? Which one was that? Um, the people were just completely different to how they approached the lifestyle to how you approach the lifestyle Uh, and I don't think you would have met them had there not been a connection for the whole correct content creation side I think we need to break this down into are we talking a social meet or a physical meet one if we're talking about a social meet sometimes yes we do meet people that wouldn't necessarily fall into our circle of people we would meet and hang out with naturally and you sometimes meet because you feel like there's some common ground or you should meet because it's useful to collaborate maybe 
And then maybe when you meet, you realize that your values are not aligned. And, mm-hmm. and it'd be really rude of me to just go, like, leave a meet. You, you can navigate your way through it and try and crash the plane. You don't have to just leave it. I, I think there's been, certainly in, in, in our initial sort of exploration of this whole thing, I, I, our communication wasn't as good as it could have been during the themselves. Mm-hmm. And I think there were, I, I can think of three or four where it just wasn't a great meet. And some of them were socials and some of them were actual play events. And Can you give us a bit more detail, like any specific, like what so went wrong? I, I think we talked about one with, with for example, uh, we talked about Special Brew, where we went to this place and... Very um, early on in very early our on, experience. And I, I was... Signal, signaling using the the agreed code of of how we would signal to leave Ta-ka! a meet yeah and you know almost to the point of throwing a smoke bomb down to get out and mrs h didn't I really she didn't really recognize that and and sort of almost you know the guy was kind of like oh i bet i could fuck your wife better than you ever could and she's like oh really like and i think she was trying to be like oh fuck off but oh, it, it came across as in like go on then have a go yeah and oh. You know, there's me trying to desperately get us out of this situation without um, getting us stabbed. And, <laughs> and that communication between us just wasn't there. So, I'm, uh, you know, I think we've learned now to be a lot more honest and open. And I think, you know, we've been to meet. And then, you know, another one's popping into my head where I said, uh, you know, they tried to move it without any kind of indication that they were interested, without any kind of flirtiness, with the most plain of all conversations. We're in a club and they said, well, do you want to, you know, do you want to go in the room and play? And I said, to, I said, no, no, thank you. I'm not feeling it. And Mrs. H misheard me and thought I said that I'm not feeling well. Mm. And then went into overdrive and was like getting me cold flannels to put on my head. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it worked out quite well yeah. because so it had the desired effect. Desired effect. immediately but... got out of that. <laughs> so I think getting that communication between us. I mean, we're, we're normally on the same page in probably in terms of how we're receiving unwanted attention, yeah. but not always joined up on how we then progress into how do we get out of here. Mm-hmm. And so I think in hindsight, yes, I sh- we should have had some better communication in mechanisms in place to help each other out of those situations. And even now, it's not always clear because you have to kind of come back together to know I've from each other. I've seen you play computer games together. Oh, no. So it will never be clear. <laughs> okay, well, Daryl, hold on. Daryl, have you been to a meet where things have gone wrong and how did you handle the situation? I think everybody's heard my stories, yes. I mean, we have. We've done that many times. And how did we handle the situation? Generally, we got the fuck out of there. There's been a few times where we've kind of sat and endured. Episode one through 123. I mean, what are we up to now? 152. Yeah, there we go. Wait a minute, we're in there somewhere. It's all of them. Um, (laughs) I think there have been some, though, where we have legitimately sat there and endured it and afterwards gone, why did we do that? We should have left after Mm -hmm. the first 10 minutes we had an inkling. And there has been times, though, when we have just gone, thanks very much, we're going to move on. and. I think that's one of the reasons why very, very early on in our journey, we stopped having dinner with people. Oh, really? Yeah, Fuck we yeah. just have drinks. Fuck no to dinner because you were there for a prolonged period of time. Because then you've got, you've got to order, you know, like you, there's, oh, a, there's an idea. And if they're just... The first meat for us, absolutely no dinner. And there's if they're no just total hell. cunts, you don't want to do that. Um, 
But also dinner can just be dinner and then at least you've got a reason oh, to no, say no. No, if you just don't want to even talk to them. If you're sick of talking to them because they're, you know, talking about, I don't know, navel lint. Um, <laughs> then you just you can yeah. say, yeah, well, our drinks are done and I'm ready to go home. Yeah. Yeah. See, so sometimes so it's a, not even worth investing more nine, into it. No, exactly. I mean, time is our most valuable resource, right? With your hand down the front of your pants, drink, eating Cheetos off your chest, watching something on telly. Brilliant. Why are you talking so dirty to me, man? Do you ever <laughs> look at every, every meet really as some level of gaining insight and whatever couples? No, because some like, of them I just don't care even about. Even if you don't, don't genuinely nice and yeah, I mean, yeah. of course, there's people that we that we hang out with all the time that we don't sleep with. I mean, at the end game's not sex, right? I'm happy you, to have a fantastic conversation about life, the universe, and everything. But if the people on the other side of the table are just hi, my name or is boring or super negative. Or, I don't want to throw a name life, in here because somebody will be totally listening. Different. I'll be like, that was my name. Have we met? Yeah. It's not your name. Yeah, I don't. I, I like, like, our time is our most valuable resource. And if someone's going to sit there and just be just negative and just horrible and oh, yeah. hate dogs, then fuck, I'm not spending time with you. I'm sorry, I'm going. Okay. Yeah. If they, I, if I they, if they kick a puppy as they're sitting at the table, we want a way to say, well, right. we're I finishing mean, this drink and getting the, the fuck these out of These are very here. obvious. Red flags, yeah. Yeah, so you puppy kicking is a red flag, yes. Yeah, red flag. You would not even sit down red with flag. Not even Amber. Okay, next question. <laughs> not even Amber flag, yeah, that's definite red flag. When have you been um, at your most jealous during a meet and how did you handle it? Oh, and again, gosh. you can take this either way during a, um, just a meet, a social meet or a physical meet. So when have you been your most jealous and how did you well, handle I it? Counter I question before we uh-huh. carry on. Sure. Do you mean jealous of somebody else or jealous of your partner? Oh, it, it doesn't. It's not. Oh, I've never Marvel been US jealous Fiction of did not else. specify, but Have I you would been say jealous of like other people? I like, think of, the attention on that your partner gets for sure. No, I mean, if that's partner, not what he's talking about. Yeah, I, uh, so yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it is. No, I'm pretty sure. No, it no. What are you talking about? Am what I right? No. Damn it! No. Suck a dick. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like the way this is working. Out. Let's get <laughs> no, some no, more. No. So, hang on a minute. So, just for starters, we know that Mr. H is is probably the more jealous person than me, or at least we thought so. I am the FOMO king. <laughs> yes. By his own admission, he will not even share a pizza. But, you know, pretty much you know where you are with, with Mr. H and his levels of jealousy. Do you share pizza? No. Yeah, I do, I've grown. Like we took him to the wrong he's place last person, night. But he's generally speaking not happy sharing, or and he does get jealous. And we knew this from going right into things from a word go. He was like, yeah, that, that's my line of the sand. I know I'm a jealous person. Here we go. I was not so much that person. So when it did happen, I was blindsided by that because I was not expecting to feel the emotion and the sucker punch of jealousy entering my realm because I'm like, oh, I'm not really a jealous person. That's weird. And what made me jealous was something, again, completely not expecting. So I'm talking about mine first because it's so easily brought to mind because I frequently look back on it and think, where the fuck did that come from? So I remember feeling really, really, really jealous about um, a situation where there was four of us playing and we had a really fun night in a hotel and there was, there was um, four of us and there were two beds in the, in the hotel room and we'd had a um, night of fairly rambunctious physical activity or was well. I didn't have any levels of jealousy watching Mr. H play with a lady. I also played with her. I played with her husband. We all played together. All good. All was well. Afterwards, <laughs> Mr. H then was on the other bed with this lady and he lay down behind her 
and just spooned her a little bit. Just gave her a little, he was a big spoon. Spoon. That was all it was. They just had a little cuddle. And I was like, what? <laughs> no. <laughs> I really, really didn't like it. And I think that was because I then at that point wanted to go back home with him and be his wife again. And I wasn't prepared for the emotional onslaught I felt watching him be intimate with someone that he just had sex with. Mm. But he was then being intimate with her. He was giving her a little cuddle naked. And I wanted to be the little spoon. Tisk, tisk. I didn't want him to be tisk. the big spoon to someone else. Yeah. And that's, that's what unwelcomed emotion literally popped into my head. And so, I didn't ask for it and I didn't expect it. So how did you handle it? Did you then I called ask- an Uber. Right. The, in, so you did the toys out of the cot. I didn't yeah. do anything. I didn't kick off. I didn't go over and say, get off. I didn't try and put myself in the middle of that. You removed yourself from I the situation. I wanted to remove myself because I sensed I was feeling an unwelcome and unfelt emotion. and I needed to put myself out of that because, that because I didn't you, know how to deal with it. Was it also because you were worried about how you were going to deal with it? Like if you sat there for both. another five I, minutes I stewing, I you might, yeah. And I yeah. didn't want to cry because it wasn't her fault. Yeah. She didn't know I was going to feel like that. No. And to be fair, neither did he. Neither of them knew, and I didn't know. And it, when it happened, I thought, oh, crap, I need to get out of here because I don't know what I'm going to do next. And I didn't want to make a scene, and I didn't want to be a dickhead. So I called an Uber thinking, I'll deal with this when I'm out of the situation. Mm. Feeling at the time I was trying to be adult about it, actually, I didn't really think that through because the Uber then turned up fucking quickly. And then um, Mr. Rachel's was like, what the fuck? Why are we leaving now? I'm like, I'm sorry. I didn't know it was going to arrive so fast. I haven't even finished having a cuddle with that woman. <laughs> <over there. laughs> I did, no, I didn't know what to do. And my instinct was to get out yeah. because I just didn't know how to deal with the emotion. Fortunately, he sensed that something was up and he didn't make a scene either. He just recognised that we needed to leave. And we did. And as soon as we got on the Uber, he wanted to ask what was happening. And I was like, oh, let's talk about it tomorrow. I mean, he was like, no, we need to talk about this. And I was glad he did because it needed to be brought up and it needed to be talked about. But I was still baffled why this had happened because I just watched him have sex and I was absolutely fine with that. And then the second they had a little cuddle, like, no. Meanwhile, the Uber like driver's like cocked ear in the back, like this is the most fucking interesting conversation <laughs> he's had all day. <laughs> what about you, Mr. H? Sometimes pimples need to be popped. Other times you need to let them ro- just go away of their own accord. Uh, true, 100% true. I, uh, so jealousy and stuff, I think I think at first I, I struggled a little bit with the concept. And <laughs> Jealousy. No, it's going to seem like something. Jealousy as happen. a concept, as a house concept, as a renovation concept. Yes, yes uh, all, jealousy. Well, I, I struggled with the, the, the concept of the lifestyle, I think, because of the way that I felt. The way I feel about that has, has calmed a lot in, in, in years, and I think, you know, as much as I've talked about confidence and stuff, my confidence has grown. And I think that's part of the root of the problem with it, along with the like, level of FOMO and being left out and that sort of stuff. I, there's less moments where I feel jealous. And I think, it, interestingly, Mrs. H pointing out about, you know, the cuddle, you know, then, merely sort of months later, there was moments where you were just cuddling a single guy. And I was sat on a different sofa. And actually... I was fine with that, but it depends on who it is, and yeah, you never know how that's, that's going to hit you. I, I'm very interested, actually, in, in the, the jealousy between other couples, and it's not something I've necessarily 
experience. I think sometimes there is a bit of FOMO when you're like, oh, they're, they're going out with them. They're doing something really exciting. That sounds amazing. Wish I was doing that. Um, but we've seen, especially in the last sort of couple of years, a lot more sort of jealousy between couples and people being marked out as almost tough. Like, oh, you're seeing them? They're, I don't want you to see them. don't want you to see them. We're our couple. Yeah. Like, and you, you see that more often now. Not necessarily from us feeling no. that way about other, other people, but... I've certainly seen an increase of people sort of being, you know, not, territorial, not territorial little, yeah. and, and genuinely being jealous and having a level of possession over, over certain couples. I think that's probably got a lot, a lot to do with the fact that we were all stuck in some form of lockdown for a period. And, yeah. and we're all much, I mean, we have already discussed the, the fact that we're all out of practice. Yeah. And I think when you say practice, that doesn't just mean the ability to pick up, but also the ability to deal with the heightened emotions that potentially come along with something that you do in this lifestyle. Probably a bit and of a feast versus famine situation. You're worried about when your next meal is going to be, right? <laughs> <laughs> there is something to that to a certain extent. And if yeah, and if you found a group of people that you really like, or a a couple that you really like, then um, when you're in famine mode, mm -hmm. you may be concerned that that couple might not like you as much as they like the next couple yeah. in yeah. the door. Yeah. Never gonna leave me, I will find you. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, you know, there's that, and, and, but, but I, I found certainly over the last few years that, that sort of jealousy has, has ebbed a bit from, from myself and I don't, no longer quite feel quite as emotionally spiked. In fact, most of the big jealous moments from us as a pair have been from you, Sage rather than, than me towards something else. Um, I've chilled out a little that bit. It may actually come back to more the ability to have dealt with them over a longer period of time as well, right? If you've yeah. been mm. a jealous individual, then potentially it doesn't come as such a shock when yeah. you feel jealousy and hence mm. you don't have the same over-the-top mm. reaction as somebody who feels it first time around. Yeah. Yeah, like That's a roller coaster. It. Yeah. Do it all the time. It gets pretty fucking boring. The secret is I'm always angry. <laughs> My secret is I'm always hungry. Hungry. <laughs> yeah, well, this, 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 this is true. <laughs> Do you think that now talking about these sorts of circumstances have made um, the term jealousy and the thought and the emotions behind it less of a taboo subject, less of a nasty subject? Well, I've said in the past, and I think I've, I've always alluded to the fact that jealousy is not an unwelcome emotion. It's a level of, um, it, it helps me understand that I still care deeply about something. But jealousy is reared its head is like, okay, I see you. Give her. That just means that I care so much. I don't, when I don't feel jealous about something, then actually maybe it's a sign that I don't care as much. So I don't see it as a, an emotion I want to quash completely. I just need to learn how to acknowledge it and understand that it's not always there to prolax me completely. It, it doesn't worry me. I just have to make sure that I deal with it. Daryl, any other thoughts on jealousy? It's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> and not the good kind. No, nice. exactly. It's like it's a bag of dicks. An inevitable emotion at some point. I think it can't be, it, it can never be dodged for yeah. starters. No matter how well you plan things, you will inevitably trip over something that you're jealous of that you didn't realize was going to be the case. Uh, it can be something that can. Long-term, even small jealous bouts can long-term damage a relationship as well because if you don't acknowledge that it happened and discuss it and get a change in 
process from your partner to actually make sure that that doesn't just continue to happen. It can be something that will slowly eat away at your confidence in your relationship. And that, I might say, at one's confidence, the, the individual's confidence in their relationship, even though the, the opposing partner may have no fucking idea that, that they're, they're white-anting your relationship because you're not telling them about it. I think it's very healthy to acknowledge it, to discuss it, and to try and find a way to deal with it as a couple or poly or whatever the group name is that you're using. Um, yeah, that's, that would be my take on it. And I don't think it'll ever go away. And again, to back you, I don't think it should. If it, if it does, then you probably don't give a fuck. What about you, Kate? What's been your most jealous moment? It's hard to say over the years, right? Because if I think back to when we first joined the lifestyle, like there were ones where I just thought this is the end of the world kind of situation. And I was, I was always very ashamed of jealousy. And I mean, I've been very fucking outspoken on our podcast that jealousy is not, you know, this like green eyed monster and, you know, we should talk about it because I think it's unhealthy for you as an individual. I don't think it's fair on your partner as well. And so when I think. What's your most recent then just to get you away from podcast three. (laughs) <laughs> all the way through to podcast 150, whatever, okay. something, um, or 20. I don't know. I don't, I don't even remember what star date I'm up to I anymore. Mean, my, my most recent one was we met with a fantastic couple. I think they're amazing. Haven't seen them in quite a few years. Played with them in a hotel. The play was absolutely fun, fantastic. But she is a gorgeous individual. She's very intelligent. She's fun. She's clever. She dresses well. And I think during the play session, there was just a, a, a twinge of like, wow, this, this person, that's right, this person exists out there and they're super interested in Daryl. And I think it comes from where you are sitting in that moment. And I love this individual. I think they're fucking fantastic. In fact, I would love to hang out with them more. But if you're not feeling your greatest when that's unfolding and you see this amazing in- individual being super interested in your partner, I think it's very easy to then go, wait a second, why? And you fall into that pattern of like, why are they with me when I'm not as good? You also did just describe yourself, of course. But yeah, is that not more envy when you, you kind of feel, if I had all those attributes that that person's showing me now, I would also be as great? Well, I think, I think, it's, want, no, I think it's more jealousy because you want them. You're, you're, you're jealous of that person and what they have, right? Yeah. Um, and that, I mean, that was probably my, my most recent was just like, oh, so yeah. So this is exactly what Simon was talking about when he was talking about being jealous of others rather than being jealous of the relationship, right? Well, I, I think that the jealous of others comes into two camps. It's the, the jealous of their, the way they are, but also being jealous of other couples going and doing their thing and not being with yeah, them. Yeah, that's what he was talking about more. Yeah. How are you guessing it now? Like before you were like, you no, know, suck a bag of dicks. About, and I knew what he was talking about. Because, I mean, if you think about it in a very lighthearted way, recently, Jay and Angie went down to visit Dave and Andy, and the next week they went up to visit Casual Swinger and everything else, and they, I, I literally sent them a text message, I'm like, go fuck yourselves, all of you. I mean, I was joking, <laughs> yeah. but there is an element of, like, I wish we lived closer, and that would be, uh, yeah. fr- and you guys can jump on a one-hour cheap-ass flight and go and see each other, and we can't. It's a 17-hour flight, and 
you know, you can mm. arrange your little meet and greets and yeah. we can't go. Mm. So Except these ones. Yeah, except and these the ones. And the one last weekend. And the one last weekend and everything yeah. else. Yeah, absolutely. But there is it. <laughs> Sorry, just uh, just applying some clarity. But not here. everyone. And all the people that you want to spend your time with, it's just not physically possible due to geographical limitations. Yeah, yeah, and, that and, gives and you also that. erectile limitations. Fuck me. I mean, Jesus, there's a lot of people I want to spend a lot of time with, but <laughs> I also would like to keep some skin on the lower half of my body. <laughs> um, but to answer, to answer how I've handled it, I think that's critical. Some, it's a fight or flight um, scenario where, yeah, I try to remove myself from a situation. Others, and, and I suppose more recently in the past couple of years, it's more of an emotional response of like, okay, this is actually not real, you're being silly, you're over-exaggerating, you need to tone it back a little bit and just self-soothe. I think you may also be missing one, the shut down, where you just shut down and you sit in the corner and pout. <laughs> okay. This seems Thank like you. another podcast. <laughs> Okay. Um, part 28. <laughs> uh, let's move on to the next one. And let's see. Have any of you stopped a meet? And I guess this kind of ties into what we were saying in the last two questions. Have any of you stopped a meet because you're emotionally not in the right place? And how have you handled your emotions afterwards? Mr. H dog, definitely I a, has. I had a dog lick my foot once. In the middle of sex, that made me stop. It's, they need to wait until afterwards. Exactly. That's Lightning. Right. You need to uh, teach that dog, man. Because have you stopped to meet because you were not emotionally in the right weird. place? Yes, I have. Yes. 100% and he has. not that long Definitely. Ago. Okay, let's talk about it. Uh, so I, um, I was drinking quite a lot. So I think, uh, yeah, I know, and uh, often a problem. But um, Tuesday. Think, <laughs> so we, we, we met with this couple who we, we do really like and we've got a lot of time for, but the situation wasn't quite as I'd anticipated. And I think the situation changed. Midway, midway through, and I decided that I wasn't happy and I didn't like where it was going. So just as a small side note, I've just realised you've worn the short, a shirt with jaws on it twice in, twice in yeah. the two days that we've been here. But a different jaws. It's shirt. a different jaws, yeah. yes, but it's still jaws. Yeah. I mean, I, you've had a whole... I've committed to it. It was formal and casual jaws. <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. I've also realised that my wine glass is nearly empty. And I've also been watching Kate's wine glass actually get to emptiness. So as soon things. as you empty yours, I shall get up and <laughs> well, go and sit, get Can said everybody wine please glass. give Daryl some love? Talking of empty, that's how I was feeling during this meeting. Oh, <laughs> nice. Bringing it back. Oh, dude. Thank you. There's like a, there's a high <laughs> five. There we go. <laughs> right. so I, I, it was now. So like, I, oh was in, I was in, we were all in our hot tub. Oh, I remember this. Man, we really should come over early and go in the hot tub. To be fair, a hot tub is down at the moment. It is now a bar, but the bar is very nice and snug. It can be fixed. It's it's still magical. It's still cool. It still plays all the songs that you'd expect from us, like 20 different eight versions of DuckTales. I remember this situation very well. And my... All of the swinger training that I have had through multi <laughs> through and swinger school, swinger school and podcasts and oh, swinger school, swinger school, all swinger those camp. my GCSE, you know, B in in swinging. Excellent. Uh, when you know, if you're not happy with the situation, you need to say, you need to do something did, about did you it. Did stand up and be like, I'm not happy. I did. <laughs> literally, all literally, I I had a glass <laughs> in my hand. And I'm swirling it around and naked, I, naked in I the hot tub. With the woman. Mm. I, I, and I said, I am, it is such a shame, 
that I must ask you to leave our hot tub now and we will never ever see you again. What? He yeah, I genuinely did that. Not my finest moment, granted. He went, I actually such... think it's one of your finest <laughs> no, moments. He, he, he so genuinely stood there, cock level with everyone else because he it was standing. It would have only been better if you had a Jaws shirt on. <laughs> everyone else was <laughs> It makes everything He stood up, cock level, and went, it's such a shame. This is the last time I shall see you all. I'm like, what the fuck? I went full <laughs> Fraser Crane. Oh, what happened? He did. Sorry, what happened? What happened? Well, well, we all got out of the hot tub. That was for sure. Obviously. So, and I think that, to be fair, we, we ended up having a, a very long conversation. I think she tried to talk me off the ledge mm. and I was in a state where I was just wasn't happy with what was going on. And she felt that it was to do with my confidence levels. And I guess to a certain extent it probably did. And, but that didn't really help. The, the other thing was, as I continued to drink and we were doing shots while we were trying to work out this solution. So why do you think your emotion? I've been going back to the question, why were your emotions not in the right place, do you reckon? Vodka? So, yeah, <laughs> dr drinking did, did not help. I, I think the thing was, it was a, uh, I wasn't involved. And for me, I, you know, yeah, as a big sulky FOMO child and stinking baby, I threw all my toys out of the pram because I wasn't involved. It's because, and because I, was in, I, I was playing with the woman. It's not. For a bit. No, it's not. Just because and of you that. hadn't been expecting that. No, I, we. The anticipation was that play wasn't happening, and it was just a social oh, thing, yes. and that it was particularly wasn't going to be happening with her for a number of yes. reasons. And then Mrs. H and her started playing. At which point, I was like, "Well, I'm not happy about this. I'm not involved. This isn't. And why are they doing that when we've all discussed that it wasn't going to happen?" So it was like a rule thing in mm. my head. Like we, this is what was agreed. This is what was going to go on, and it's not that. Therefore, I am. Fucking out. Yeah, and I don't like this. So, and the awkward thing was, so they, they did leave eventually. Yeah, so I guess the question is, how have you handled your emotions after this meet? So what so, happened uh, now? Yeah, well, awkwardly, they have to come back the very next day because she left her glasses. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, at that point, you'd just write the glasses. Just burn the house to the ground. Glasses. sober conversation and was able to talk through it with a little bit more sense and we've subsequently chatted to them and it's fine we've kind of resolved that but but in the immediacy of it all i was very emotional because i i, I felt like this is what the evening was going to be and it was something very different and I, I i really struggled to get my head around the the way that that panned out in 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 addition to a fuck ton of drinks the fuck ton being the uh, measure of everything on this podcast yes so and so, but in terms of how I resolved it, emotionally, we chatted it through quite a lot. And I think it was, we, we came to understand that part of my, the way that I work, as I said earlier in this, this episode or in the other episode, if we've already swapped, is that, you know, the rules and the process are important to me. And that's how yeah. I, I navigate it. So we, we kind, of, kind of quickly figured out that, that was what, what had been driving that piece. Okay. And what about you two? What did you guys talk about the next day? Well, we once again revisited the how much should we drink on a meet. Yep. And it's difficult to get any common sense at all when there's alcohol involved. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Agreed. So lessons learned for us not to drink so much and then attempt to navigate our way through some emotional trauma. <laughs> I think, that, you know, I did recognise that I was a bit of a cunt around the way that I treated them and it wasn't... I don't think that's... Actually, the case. Well, I mean, I, if you're in that, it's the politest of the work. It's it's a. Don't me wrong. It's the wrong end of the spectrum, but it's the politest version well, yeah. of a cunt I've ever heard. 
Well, I mean, uh, it's, it's definitely it's better fantastic. than the alternative of just like pushing on and dealing with it. And then actually, no, it's it's better than the alternative of draining them in the fucking hot tub. <laughs> <laughs> right? That's the that's, that's, that's the yeah. other end of this. So and you can't help how you're feeling in the moment. You really can't. It's just your ability to deal with it diminishes with alcohol. Because Plenty you- more fish in the sea. Yeah. Oh, the hot tub. No, about, no about, fish in a hot tub there. What about you, Daryl? Have you ever stopped a meet because you're emotionally not in the right place? No. I haven't. Next question. No, no. <laughs> I would say, uh, so there's a few pieces to that, the reason for the no. No is I don't think I've very often experienced that because I'd never let it get to that. I don't think we've ever gotten to the point, like, I'll shut it down long before that and just say, fuck this, we're going home. Well, that's still, like, you've stopped the meat. I mean, that's Yeah, but that can happen before the meat even. I Mm. mean, you've known me. How many times now have I stopped the meat before it even happened because I wasn't in the right headspace? There's probably two or three times at least where where we've sent sent a message and and just saying, it's sorry, it's not happening because Daryl's being a cunt. And yet we still turned up this weekend. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah you just can't. Sometimes people just turn, turn up. Um, yeah, so I think there's been many times where I'm not in the right headspace. I recognise that early and just say, I'm not interested in this. And if I go into this with this mindset, I know it's only going to go downhill and I mm. will end up having to explain to somebody why there's a floating corpse in the fucking, <laughs> in the jacuzzi, you know, like, and that's not something I really want to do again. Again? So, <laughs> so, so there's that. I think I, I can, if I'm not in the right, really not in the right headspace and don't think it's recoverable, then I'll just shut it down. Or I'll ask you to shut it down if you've been the one who's organised it, which has actually been the case more mm. than not. Yeah. So, uh, which I'm happy to admit, because in those cases, generally I've been less engaged with those individuals and in many of those cases, I've been less interested in those individuals, certainly on the female side, than you have on the male, which means that I have the right to my opinion. Whether you like it or anyone else listening likes it, don't care. It's just that that's how it is, right? And, and I've got to play to the fact that I know that if I go into this, I'm just going to be a pain in the ass the whole way through. I'm not going to be engaged. I'm going to be bored. I'm not going to be interested in talking to so from there, have we shut? Have I shut one down while, whilst we've been there? Yes, but not due to me. I've shut shut these down a couple of times now because other people have exhibited something that I uh, uh, see as a warning sign, and I'm like, nope, oh, we're a good, out. That's a good, I guess, mm. twist to it. I suppose the the emotional intelligence to to look at somebody to see that they're not comfortable. I mean, I think in many cases it's relatively obvious in this lifestyle when somebody's not comfortable. Uh, and, and that may be the male or the female. I mean, I think there's been – we've cited numerous examples where somebody's got up, left the room in their underwear, like locked the hotel room, you know, like and walked away and you're still happily playing strip poker while they're walking up and down the halls. Oblivious to the situation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think there's there's situations where there's been quite a few situations where I've just gone, no, we're, we're, we're out, we're going home because I don't want to be in a position where I do something with someone that All they right. wake up the next morning and regret. So do you think it's, it's which more... Which is normal. It's less case, of a malicious but, thing, like less of a these people are being dicks and more of a 
if oh, anything yeah, no, happens, don't get me wrong. then I'm There's worried been, about. There has been a, these people are being dicks as well. I mean, we've had that as well. That that you know, when when you get when when you get stereotyped as an Australian male who beats his wife. Oh my god! Yeah. You know oh. that that will drive you out of a relationship fairly quickly as well. I wasn't wearing Could my sweet. wife beater at the time, and Kate had used some fairly heavy concealer to cover the last bashing. So it was <laughs> actually not. That's the fourth time you've referenced like punching on this this podcast episode, just so you know. Yeah, you know, the interesting <laughs> We know that he is punching. But people are going to be like, blink twice, <laughs> three times if you need help. No, the interesting thing is I've never punched anyone in my entire life. Mm. A, a small tip for those of you out there who enjoy not being punched in the face at a, at a club who have a smart mouth like me, you'd be surprised how many men will negotiate their way out of a fight over you just offering them free beer for the evening. And a five or ten euro, pound or dollar beer tab is much better than a punch in the face. Great. Yeah. Give it a try next time somebody challenges you to go outside and say, I'll trade you this fight for a beer. <laughs> and my statistics so far, although small subset, you know, I'm going to say N equals 20-ish, uh, 90% of the time people say, yes, I'll take the beer. The other 10%, I've offered two beers. Huzzah, two beers to not get punched in the face. I'm in. How many beers have you had to buy? Not many. <laughs> if any. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Actually, H, should we call this uh, first? I'm basically in debt for, for <laughs> beer. <laughs> should we call this episode and we'll do a part two? Yes. Absolutely. So where can people find part two? Oh, um, shit. I thought you were actually going to Mrs. H then. Uh, you can find part two on the Wanderlust Swingers podcast. Just Google us and you'll find our podcast. Perfect. Miss Nate, do you think? Well, thank you for hopping into our bed. <laughs>